series called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And uh, what I love about the series and what I've loved about the book is the tagline, it's time to win the battle of your mind. And uh, that's what I want to talk about this morning is maybe um, gather up everything we've been talking about for the last five weeks and leave us with one anchor message that we can take with us moving forward. Next week, we're going to start a series on Gideon, uh, which I'm excited about. I preached on that about 10 years ago, and uh, so I'm super excited about that. If you don't know the story of Gideon, it's basically a really flawed dude that God uses, a really flawed person. So you don't have to be a dude. Uh, you can be a woman as well, uh, and um, it's just flawed people being used by God and how that works out. And so I'm excited about that. The anchor verse that we've been using uh, over the last five weeks, sometimes I've preached on the verse, sometimes I've touched on the verse, is this. The mind governed by, or if you are uh, in um, the New American Standard, the mind set, uh, mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on or governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I don't care whether you believe the Bible or maybe this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in a church or know about Jesus or any of the things that we hold dear to us. Uh, I can pretty much tell every person I've ever met, and regardless of their belief, they want a life uh, of life and peace. <laughs> they don't want a, a, a life governed by death or the end result being death. And yet that is what many of us experience in many ways. It's what our culture experiences. You just have to open the news for just a little bit and see that suicides are up, see that depression's up, see that addiction's up, see uh, that all these things are going on, that there's something happening uh, that is leading to death. And so uh, what I want to talk to you about this morning is, uh, again, the idea of our mind being fed. We've been talking about this idea of uh, having a seat at the table with Jesus and that we don't give the enemy a seat there. And just to review what we've been talking about is this is not just uh, what Christians would call their quiet time. This isn't just like, you know, I'm going to go off and be with Jesus for a while and then come back and live my daily life. It says in the Bible that God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of our day, in the presence of that meeting, that Zoom meeting that you're on, that you wish you could mute everybody on the meeting, right? Uh, it's it's the, this idea that while your kids are acting up, while you're at Walmart, He's got a table there, and it's up to us to know where he is and what he's doing and how to engage with him just during the regular, our regular day. Um, I, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant, a good restaurant, and they have bread in the beginning of the meal, okay? So I'm going to use kind of my... Uh, narrative. Uh, I love chips. So if I go to a good Mexican restaurant and they know how to do chips right, I'm done. I am done. The bowl of chips comes out and I tell myself, dude, just, just you're going to, you're going to order like a great meal. Don't fill up on chips, right? And here's what happens. I taste one chip and I'm like, this deserves some salsa. So I because uh, you, you earn the right as a chip to get salsa. And so this one earned the right. 
And so I taste the salsa, and if the salsa isn't hot enough, I go to uh, the waiter, or typically the busboy, and I go, what do you guys got in the back? I know you got something hotter. And so uh, they come out, and it's usually called Diablo or something like that, and they usually have oven mitts, and they place it down, and then they, wa they watch me, like... <laughs> Gringo is going down. This is going to be awesome. So they watch it, right? And I just, like a, like a boss, I just dip my chip in there and I eat it and I just look them in the eye. Like, ain't nothing happening here. This is like, and so that's what I do. But then I fill it up on chips, right? Have you ever do that? So if you go to a restaurant and they have like a bread and it comes out and it's warm and it's like maybe sourdough and you like take a slab of butter and you're like, I'm only going to have one roll. I'm only going to have one roll. That's all I'm going to have, one roll. That's it. And then you put the butter on, and then like, the waiter isn't coming. You're like, man, I can't, I'm going to starve to death. I'm literally going to starve right here. This is for, this is for safety. I'm going to have to have another roll. <laughs> right? I can't just crumble. And so you have another roll. And then what happens? You, you fill up on, on bread, right? Or, or you, um, so here's what happened to me. So I, I was part of, before I was a pastor, I was in the import-export community, and we dealt with the cruise ship industry. And we would import things from all over the world to go on these cruise ships. So if you have taken a cruise out of Long Beach or taken a cruise out of uh, LA, Pier 93, we probably supplied that ship with all sorts of stuff. And so what we would do is we would go on these things called vendor cruises. So I've been on a bunch of cruises for free because I was a vendor and they want you to see like a new ship or whatever. And here's what I learned about cruises. And this is just a pro tip. You, you don't expect to get this out of seminary, right? I mean, you, you come to hear a pastor, you don't expect this kind of interesting stuff. So the buffet line is a trap, not just for your carb intake, but what they do is they put all this good food in the front that doesn't cost them very much. And you're hungry, so you fill up your plate, and at the end is the guy cutting the prime rib, right? The end is the expensive stuff. So pros they don't mess around with that. They go to the, the very end. They just wait, and they wait, and they look, and they're like, oh, nope, 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 and they wait to get all the way to the end. And then the person carving the prime rib is like, oh, this plate's empty. I'll give him one more slice. That's how a champ does it. That's how you do it, right? So I knew this. I knew this. And uh, I had a friend who was a, uh, uh, who was a pastor here for the Brazilian church, and he wanted to take me to a Brazilian restaurant. Right? Now, I don't know much about the Brazilian community, and he didn't speak very good English, but he was a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and so whatever he wanted me to do was fine. I was going to go. And he wanted to go, and so, and I can't speak Portuguese, so I was just like, oh, but I did want to go to this Brazilian barbecue. So I didn't know it was a barbecue at the time. I just thought it was a Brazilian restaurant. I don't even know anything about Brazilians. I don't even know if they, they even know barbecue. So we go and we sit down. And uh, they bring this bowl of bread, and I'm starving, and I'm like, sweet. And I go to grab the bread, and he just goes like this. And I'm thinking, okay, Brazilians don't eat bread first. Okay, okay. I'm like trying to be culturally sens sensitive, right? I'm like, okay, no, no bread. Don't touch the bread. He's going to break my arm. And so I look over, and there's the buffet. But see, I know buffets. And you don't take the stuff in the beginning. So like a champ, I just go up to the buffet, but I look down and there's nobody cutting the prime rib or anything. It's just all vegetables and pasta and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Brazilians are, are, are vegetarian. They don't eat meat. I got that, okay? Multicultural, I'm multicultural in my head. I know this. And so, oh, real quick, just real quick, uh, a vegetarian joke. 
If two vegetarians are arguing, do you call it a beef? Okay. All right. Sorry. Some things I just have to get off my chest so I can preach the word. So, so I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's no meat. So, so the, the normal rules of engagement in a buffet do not apply. And so I'm looking and I go and I put some salad on my plate and I go to put some more on and he goes, I'm like, okay, you don't know salad. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like super frightened. And so I get to some other things and I'm like, waiting. Okay, I won't touch it. So I get done and I, we, my plate's like barely full and, I, and then we go sit down. And I'm like, okay, Brazilians don't eat much, okay? I want to be the, you know, the heavy white guy who just like, you know, greedy. And so we sit down and uh, all of a sudden this dude pulls up a cart. You ever been to a churrascaria, right? And he pulls out a sword with like a cow leg on it. And a bam on the, on the, and I, right away I'm like, Brazilians are not vegetarian, okay? I mean, they might be, but not at this restaurant. And then he just goes like this. Like, now it's on, right? And it's on. So he just carves, and like my plate is just, it was I'm telling you what, uh, I don't know what heaven is really going to look like, but whoever that dude with the sword was, he's going to be there. And um, Okay, so, so you guys get all that, right? You understand all that. Here's my question for you. Why do we fill up on the empty carbs of our culture when we have the meat of the word prepared for us? And the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why do we fill up on this nonsense of anxiety and outrage and anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and gossip and lust? When our Heavenly Father is like, if you would just hold off for just a minute, I'm going to satisfy that need. But in a way that's going to be so much better than what the enemy would have you do. The way I look at it in the context of this example is you, you have this table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. And you're going to meet Jesus. And it, it could be at any time during the day. And on your way over, the enemy, and again, just to be clear about it theologically, just to touch on it again, I, Satan is not omnipresent. So he does not... He, if. He's not, he can't talk to everybody at the same time, so it's highly unlikely that he's talking to you or me. What he does is he creates a culture, and he invests in creating a culture where his voice is heard through culture. Okay, So when I use the term, the enemy does this or that, this is just in our day-to-day, -day, whether it's our flesh, whether it's circumstances, where it's whatever. We create a culture of heightened anxiety, of heightened outrage, of heightened insecurity. And so you're going to see the, 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 your, your heavenly father, this table that he's prepared before you in the presence of your enemy. And your enemy is a five-star Michelin pastry chef. He knows how to make pastries. There is no doubt. And on your way there, he, he gets in front of, hello, how are you? Would you like my pastry? And you're looking at it and you're like, ooh, 
that looks delectable. What is that? And, uh, and the enemy says, that is outrahe. And you say, wow, outrahe. That is really good. I, I've never heard that. He said, well, sometimes you will pronounce it outrage, but I like the word uh, outrahe. And you, oh, I love outrahe. It looks fantastic. What is that? And so you take it, oh, oh, my, oh, my goodness, it tastes so good. It tastes so good going down, like most pastries, right? It tastes so great going down. Now, never mind that too much of it will give you diabetes, and uh, you'll have all sorts of clogging of the arteries, and you'll get lazy in the rest of the day. And I'm like, Don't worry about that. This is all dry. It is beautiful. And so you eat a bunch, and then there you go. Or hey, anxiety. Here you go. Oh, oh, this is awesome. And so you indulge in that or gossip. Would you like some gossip? Oh, oh, gossip. I've never, sounds very, what is your name? Satan. Oh, okay, Satan. Well, my, 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 my person, Satan, gave me, gave me some gossip. Oh, oh, this is so great. And then you sit down with your heavenly father, and you go, oh, man, did you see Satan? That dude. And he goes, here, I have some peace for you. Oh, man, I, I wish I, I, I didn't know. I have some joy for you. I, Jesus, I'm so, I'm so full. My mind is so full with all of this empty carbs and nonsense. When it comes to your word, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. See, the mind governed by the flesh is death. And our Heavenly Father has prepared this table before us in the presence of our enemies with life and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. And we say, I'm too full. I'm too full. You ever go to a great, we're going to get to the word in just a second, by the way. Uh, you, ever, you ever go to a restaurant, you know you're going to a restaurant. So, um, but one of my favorite restaurants, if I ever have money or I'm going to celebrate something super special. I love Mastro's. It's like one of my favorite steak places. Um, if you get a side order of mushrooms, that's only $48.95. But uh, anyway, I love it. I love it. And so what will happen is, uh, uh, and maybe this has happened to you, where you know you're going to go somewhere, and so you govern your eating throughout the day. You ever do that? So here's what, how it will happen in my, in my house. It'll be like 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'll open the fridge, and Lisa will hear it from the other room. Remember, we're going to Mastro's today. Do you ever do that? Anyone? Or you're just like, and she'll go, oh, oh yeah, that's right, that's right, I'm not going to eat. Or, or you, go, you go to eat lunch, and, and you know you're going to go to maybe somebody's house, and they ki ki uh, cook killer barbecue, and you say, I'm just going to have something, what? Light. Exactly. I'm just going to have something like, because you know what's coming. Now imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine if you went throughout your day and you were going and all of a sudden you get presented with something that you know isn't from your heavenly father. And you say, you know what? I'm going to see him in just a little bit. And he's going to have something that feeds me better than that. So I'm going to hold off on that until I get to be with my heavenly father who prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I'm going to hold off on that and wait and feast with him. So let's look at uh, uh, Psalm, uh, uh, 
Psalms. What, what, I, what do I want? Sorry, I forgot to put this down there. Uh, what we feed, uh, we feed what we want to grow. We starve what we want to die. If you find yourself as an anxious person, a person governed by anxiety, you've probably fed that anxiety. If you find yourself as a person who's governed by outrage, which brings death, you've probably fed that outrage. If you find yourself as a person who's resting in peace, you've probably fed that peace. That doesn't just happen automatically. If you find yourself as just a joyful person going throughout your day, it's probably cost you quite a bit of meals of other things, and you fed that joy. And we'll touch back on this again at the end. Psalm 34.1 says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. In other words, I'm going to keep him front of mind at all times. He has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and I'm going to be ready at any time to govern my life with that in mind, going, you know what? Not right now. I'm going to be meeting with my Heavenly Father later. He's going to take care of that need. That need for intimacy right now that's outside of the way God would have it. I'm going to hold off because I know he's got a way to handle this. He's got a way to do it. He knows my body. He knows my mind. He knows me better than anyone. He knows what I need, and he knows when I need it. I'm going to hold off on that. I will extol him at all times. I'm going to keep him in the back of my mind. I'm going to, um, uh, he, he will be front of mind. His praise will always be on my lips. I'm always looking at everything, the psalmist says, in the context of who my heavenly father is, who the Lord is, who Yahweh is. That's how I'm going to go through my day, waiting for that table that he's prepared. Now, this is so cool, this next verse. It says this, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. In other words, I'm going to live my life in such a way that I take a seat at the table with my heavenly father, that the afflicted, because remember, this is a table that's set in the presence of my enemies and those who are going through life, that the afflicted will hear our conversation, will see the interaction we'll have, will see the benefits of what he has given me. And they'll hear it and they'll rejoice. Do you mean this is enough for me? To which case I go, oh my goodness, listen, afflicted. Look, 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 you just take this whole thing. My heavenly father's got more. He's got so much more. If I give you this, it doesn't cost me anything. He's just going to give me more. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. I was at a conference one time. This wasn't with Christians. Um, and they had a hors d'oeuvres. And they were like especially good hors d'oeuvres. And so I was always afraid that if the hors d'oeuvres ran out, they would just go in the back and then and they, I wouldn't have any more. So I would kind of follow the guy around. I'd be looking around. I don't, I don't want him to run out. Let me tell you, your heavenly father, it never runs out. You can give the afflicted and those around you, anything you receive from the heavenly father, you give freely. You freely. And I'm not just talking about your joy and your peace. I'm talking about your money. He, he, he's provided you with your money. You don't, have to, you don't have to hoard anything. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. He's, he's, not, he's not hiding anything from me. He might not give me some pastries just yet. <laughs> Maybe dessert will come later, but he knows exactly what I need. I sought the Lord and he answered me. 
and he delivered me from all my fears. See, we think these little things that the enemy brings, these little trinkets and these little pastries and these little things that go down, they taste real good and they, oh man, we think that they're going to satisfy. They don't satisfy. They don't last. Oftentimes in our fear, we're like, oh man, what if he doesn't prepare a table for me? Then I don't get any food. I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to eat. It says, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears, even though I, what, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me. Maybe in the middle of the valley, maybe at the end of the valley, I don't know, but I know the promise is he's preparing it. He delivers me from all my fears. I don't have to worry about feeding myself. I don't have to worry about taking care of myself. I don't have to sit in anxiety wondering what's going to happen in the future. In the future, he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And your cup, your cup will overflow. You lack nothing. Watch what it says. This idea of of, uh, those who've been with the Father, and have gotten used to eating the foods that he provides in the way that he provides it. This is how the psalmist describes them. Those who look to him are radiant. There's a difference. You can see it. Have you ever seen anyone who started getting healthy in their life? In any area, financially, physically, whatever, they've, they've changed. There's a lightness, there's, a, there's a, a, a radiance when you see someone who's beginning to take their health seriously and that's such hard work and they work on it, they work on it and you see them, maybe you haven't seen them for a month and you go, wow, you look different. How much more with the health of our soul do we remove those things? We starve ourselves from those things we don't want. The lust and the gossip and fear and all these different things. We starve ourselves from that and we feed ourselves with the word of God. With his presence. We say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about those things. Those to look to him are radiant. It's like, it's almost like in, in my own life and in the life of those people I see who have taken their faith seriously, it's like it it, it like shows on them. I can see it physically. Like the psalmist isn't just making up something. Those who look to him are, are that you can see the joy that has affected them, the peace that has affected them, the gentleness and the goodness and the kindness, the faithfulness and that self-control. There's a, there's a solidness about them. Their faces are never covered with shame. I was thinking about this while I was going through the, you know, you know me, I overthink the Bible a lot, and I just think of different scenarios and stuff. And I was thinking about this idea of going to Satan first, or Satan, sorry, um, and getting your pastries, and then showing up with, with the Lord. And you go, and you, uh, you, you sit down, and he goes, um, hey, man, you got some, something right, right there. And you're like, oh, oh, what? what? You got, yeah, you, you got some chocolate. Did, did, did you, did you stop off with Satan first? Like, oh, oh, oh man, oh, you got jelly all down the front. Oh, 
oh man, you get it, right? Their faces are never covered with shame, right? There's, a, like, there's no remnants of, of that. You just come down, you sit down before your heavenly father and you're like, whew, hey, I'm starved. What do we got? What do we got going? What do you have for me today? Isn't that sweet? Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are covered with shame. I almost picture, I almost picture the psalmist with, with Jesus when he writes this, almost telling a story. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. In other words, I was sitting down with him, and this poor man called, and the Lord heard him. And, he, and the Lord said, hey, hold on, John, for one second. I'm going to save him from all his troubles. And then the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. And then the Bible says this, and this is a famous section of scripture, and I just want you to see it from the standpoint of the psalmist and the standpoint of this table and the standpoint of the last five weeks we've been talking about this. If you don't think you can memorize a scripture, memorize this one. It's very easy, and it says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Just save your appetite. Stop indulging in these different things. And they might not be bad things. They might not be sinful things. They just might take up too much of your time. They're just empty carbs. It's not like you're doing something sinful. It's just that when you have this opportunity to be at hit with him at the table, do that instead. So, I mean, it's not that the binge-watching a certain show is evil. It's just, man, when you taste and see that he's good and you had an option to do one or the other, why, why wouldn't you do the one with your heavenly Father? Taste and see that he's good. Try it out. Try to put aside the things that come up to the table where the enemy comes up and says, hey, I know you, so you have these. Would you like to try this? And you just go, no, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him in this. I'm not going to gossip today at, at, at work. I'm not going to talk bad about anybody. I'm going to taste and see what it's like to actually all of my speech becomes building people up talking great about people. I'm going to taste and see. And here's what will happen as you begin to do that in all different areas of your life. You begin to try out. I'm going to put this aside. I'm going to starve this for a while. I'm going to starve this. You begin to get into his word more, get into prayer more. You taste and you see, wow, that worked out really, really well. Blessed is the one, it says, who takes refuge in him. A couple weeks ago, we talked about lions roaring, right? And uh, we had the lion roar. I don't know if you remember when we went in here and you could hear, hear him roar. And the idea of the lion is he's supposed to roar. The older lion can still roar and knows how to scare you into the pride, scare you into your destruction. Remember, a life governed by the flesh is death. A life governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so the enemy, part of his job is to just scare you away from the table. And that's his job. Here's what the psalmist says. The lions may grow weak and hungry. You starve what you want to die. But those who seek the Lord, they lack no good thing. You feed what you want to grow. And then he goes on and 
you know, we tend to think of things as like black and white, sin or not sin. But there's such a gray area of life of just like, is that the wise thing to do? Not is it right or wrong? Is it actually wise? Should I be spending my time doing this? It's not sin, but should I be doing that? So he goes on, he says, whoever loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil. In other words, just, just it's not about so much about the sin or not. It's just like, don't focus on those things. And your lips from telling lies. Those are just pastries. Turn from evil. Turn from that. And do good. Seek peace and pursue it. A life governed by what is peace? The Spirit. So seek the Spirit. And you've sought peace. Heavenly Father, would you have me do this right now? Would you have me engage in this conversation? Would you have me watch this? Would you have me read this? Would you have me click this? Would you have me type this? Would you have me send this? Would you have me say that? Is now the time to say it? I know you told me to say it, but is now the right time? Or should I say it later? I'll say it later. Okay. A life governed by the Spirit. Do you want me to go here? Do you want me to do this? Is this where you want me to go on vacation? Is this who you want me to go on vacation with? Is this the date I should go on? Is this where we should go? Seek peace and pursue it. Because I love this picture of the table. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read this verse before. And I think of my heavenly father in the clouds. So I, I have a fire most mornings in the front of my house in a designated area, not just in the front of my house. Uh, and oftentimes it'll, sometimes it'll be dark. Sometimes it'll be just becoming light. And I'd like to look up into the heavens. And I listen to the birds and I, I, um, uh, I, 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 the fire is going, and I just, I, I think of God just like up, up there, looking down. The Lord, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. I want to give you another word picture. Imagine you're sitting across from him. That he's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies, and he's not up in the heavens looking down at the righteous. He's right across from you. And he's going, what, what's going on? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. They're right on me, right in my eyes. Going, hey, Satan, we're busy right now. We're talking right now. Hey, why don't you eat some? I made these strawberries for you. No, I literally made the strawberries. <laughs> right? The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And, he, and the, his ears are attentive. You ever been out to dinner with somebody who's not paying attention? They're looking over your shoulder. They're looking around. It's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. My Heavenly Father never does that. He sits and he listens. And he goes, you've, you've mentioned that before. What, what's going on there? Is that a source of stress for you? Yeah, it is. I'm going to... Running out of a little bit of time, but I, I, this is so important to me that you understand this concept of feeding what you want to grow and starving what you want to die, that you'll take it into your week and begin to look at your life management a whole lot different of how you're handling it. 
So I, when I read this verse, his ears are attentive to their cry. I immediately thought of this verse, which is very famous, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So I could just picture, you know, uh, me fidgeting and my heavenly father standing there. His, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and, and I'm sitting there and I, he says, you seem distracted. I said, I'm sorry, Father. I just, I just, I got a, I got a meeting coming up this week. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, no, I understand. Let me ask you a question. Has, has being anxious ever added a cubit of life to your lifespan? Or has it helped you in any way in the past? No? Oh, okay. Hey, check out the birds of the air. They neither toil nor they reap. They don't sow, they don't do anything. You know what, though? I love them. I love them. And you're way more important than me. Now watch what happens when you do this. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Remember what we said? The life governed by the Spirit is what? Life and peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, is going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's going to watch out for your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. As the worship band comes back up, I had some other verses here. I want to end on that. I want us to really get that. That when we're anxious, we're not just anxious by ourselves. We're anxious with our Heavenly Father right across the table from us. And with everything by prayer and supplication, which is just going, well, I know I'm not supposed to be anxious, but what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and he says, hey, I'm right here. Let's deal with it. We feed what we want to grow. We starve what we want to die. As we enter into a time of reflection and just following what our Holy Spirit might be telling us to do. We have some pillows up in front and this is a great time for you to come before the Lord and if you're watching online or what have you and you just want to make your living room a place of prayer and turn around and kneel at your couch or whatever. But I want you to ask the Lord maybe during this time and if you don't want to get up and come down that's, that's fine. I like to kneel at the altar just because it puts me in a posture of, of breaking like my normal thing and so uh, I normally come down and just kneel there and there'll be people by the cross here to pray for you I want you to ask your Heavenly Father two questions very simple what do you want me to feed and what do you want me to start don't fill in the blanks for him because he might fill in a different blank and you might go, no. And he goes, yeah. You might say, oh, you know what I'm going to feed? And he goes, don't get filled up on that. No. You might grab the remote this week. And he goes, right? So let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, oh, we thank you that you are good. 
We thank you that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that we do not need to worry about what's on the table. We don't need to worry about what's around the table. That there is, that angels are guarding us, that you love us. That you, we could be in this conversation and he says, give the food away, give the food away, give the food away. I have more, I have more, I have more. So God, we thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness. Pray that we would hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we talk about kind of the, not to belabor the point, but uh, for some of us, it's just rearranging what we eat when. Maybe your diet doesn't need to change, but the Lord told you, hey, let's handle this first. Get this out. Eat your vegetables. Eat your meat. You're going to have dessert after that. I don't know. He's spoken to all of us. Now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you go in his peace, in his wisdom, in his grace, and in his strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.